Welcome back to Build Better with Bio. It's the podcast for the Black and Good community in which we talk about all things business, key tactics that you need to be using to make sure that you are building a business that not only pays the bills, but makes a difference in the world too. Today, we're talking about the probationary period that you need to make sure that everything that you do with your team members goes well from the start all the way to the end. So we're talking about how to use a probationary period well. I'm going to start by defining what a probationary period is. It is not an opportunity to get people kicked out of your company before they do any more harm. It is not an opportunity to micromanage people until they want to quit and think that you're crazy. A probationary period is a time of mutual adjustment where two people, um, a line manager and an employee, or a line manager and a volunteer are adjusting themselves to each other's temperament, to each other's way of working, to each other's communication styles. That's the point of a probationary period. So as we hire, as we find volunteers, as we bring people into the fold of what we're building, we want to make sure that we can keep them in the fold of what we're building by spending the first three months of their time with us adjusting effectively to them and giving them ample opportunity to adjust effectively to us. I'm not a big fan of the whole culture fit thing because I don't think there is such a thing as culture fit. You're basically just saying, I don't like that person, therefore the skills that they provide don't matter to me. But if you're running a small business and you're just trying to figure things out and you're probably not paying very much or not paying at all, Skill set matters more than whether or not you like the person a lot of the time. So you need to figure out how to make sure that you're making the most of every single relationship. And just like when you go into a new space, you need to figure out how to befriend people. When you bring someone into your company, you need to figure out how to not only take care of them, but also lead them. Uh, last time we talked about the taking, uh, the caring for five model I suggest you go back and listen to that one but this time we're talking about that one-on-one those first three months are crucial so I'm just going to cover three key tactics that will hopefully be extremely helpful to you as you go on and bring new people into your team the first one is be humble okay you have to stop allowing your pride your need to be the boss take over any kind of relationship that you have with your employees or volunteers i learned this the hard way as well i think it's part of the insecurities that you carry as a black person being uh in the corporate world uh hitting the black ceiling which is lower than the glass ceiling you're finding that within the third year no one is promoting you you're in a leadership position but they're not giving you anyone to manage they're not giving you the good projects you're just kind of waning and wasting away in the background as your uh, other colleagues mostly white colleagues take the lead with less experience so when you then start your own business it is more likely than not that you are going to want to assert your authority and your leadership over whoever comes in and it's playing into the hands of an insecurity that you may or may not realize that you have so your job as a boss as a real boss someone that's trying to build something that will stand the test of time is to check yourself 
and most importantly, allow other people to check you. And this doesn't just extend to your attitude, it's also about the way you do things. So you need to understand the patterns in, through which you work or by which you work are not always the best way to do things, right? It's not an expertise thing, it's a project management thing. It's using new tech tools, it's using new platforms, it's using new, um, new things that are available that you may not know of and are actually an easier way of doing things. So in the first three months, you're booking in fortnightly meetings with this new person so that you can review the work that they've done over those two weeks and set new work for the next two weeks. But also in those meetings, in those fortnightly meetings, you are also asking them, is there any way that I could help you do your job better? Is there any way that I could make this easier for you to access? Should I be using a new tool? Should I be using something else? Is there something that you have seen in your workplace, in your previous role, anything that you think that I could be doing to make this easier for you? And this is not a meeting for you to just take a beating and kind of realize that you're old or slow or whatever. It's also an opportunity to, with kindness and with grace, say to that person, Maybe there's a better way for you to be doing this. Maybe there is a quicker way. And discuss it, don't argue about it, because if you don't like that person that you've hired into your company or you've brought on as a volunteer, it's gonna be more difficult to do that. But also, if you're a people pleaser or you have a lot of insecurities around like disappointing people or hurting people or whatever it might be, you might find yourself in a position where you are giving in too much. Recognize that this is a meeting. This is not a friendship conversation. This is a how do we work well together and how can we work better together in the future, right? That's what you're doing for the first three months. Every single two week period, you're having that meeting. Let's plan the next two weeks. Let's review the last two weeks and let's figure out what we can actively do, action-based stuff to build a better working relationship between the two of us, right? That's really important. Second thing is be clear. You have to be clear. No one is a mind reader. Absolutely, well, maybe there are some, but most people are not mind readers. They have no idea what you mean when you say boo. Like, and you think it's very, very understandable and that everyone knows what boo means. But really, boo is baby daddy and it's a ghost sound to some people. So you need to think about what you're saying and you need to make sure that they understand. So ask them often, can you can you tell me what you, I, you just heard? Because I don't think that I explained that clearly enough. So you're not, in that, in that way, you're not saying, do you understand me? Tell me because I don't think you're getting it. You're saying, I don't think I told you that in the best way possible. So maybe you could just explain it to me so I can make sure that you are understanding my bad explanation, if that makes sense, right? So you're trying to get them to open up without making them feel stupid. Um, so make sure that they understand you. Get them to repeat it back to you in a nice way. Uh, be as clear as possible. Make sure that they know exactly when you want stuff. Be clear with your timetables. Make sure everything is extremely well noted. Do not try and catch people out. Don't wait till the day something is due to say, hey, you didn't send it to me. Like, or like three days after and be like, hey, you didn't send it to me. Two days before, say, hey, I'm still, I'm still expecting that thing on the third. Um, let me know if you're having any issues about it. If they haven't contacted you within two weeks, just like catch up with them and say, hey, I haven't heard back from you. Do you need any help? Like, 
it's also preempting clarity is not just about communication it's about preempting obfuscation it's about looking for opportunities to head off anything that could be standing in the way between them and the completion of their task the third thing that you need to be really aware of is you should be a follower if you brought this person into your team as a paid member of staff or as a volunteer you have hired them believing that they are a fantastic addition to your company at least in a skill set right so they are the best person with that skill set so you should be listening to them you should be learning about what they do how they do it right you should know enough to carry a conversation on with them but you should not be doing the job for them okay if you've hired someone or brought someone in as a volunteer to carry out a skilled role you should give them the opportunity to kind of take the ball and run with it micromanaging is for absolutely nobody no one enjoys being micromanaged and if you are a micromanager you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself in the worst way possible because no one's company withstands micromanagement and not even the founder themselves the founder will want to quit after a while because micromanaging means that you have to be everywhere all the time it will burn you out so that is it that's all we have for today i hope you take those three tactics to heart and that they help you in the development of your business um do enjoy your probationary period as well because this is a really good iterative period for you to get better at what it is that you do as well and to learn new skills and new ideas and help and be more um more collaborative in the way that you work so make sure you enjoy it as part of the team management team building process and don't just kind of put it to the wayside as something that you have to do but if you do a probationary period well it will serve you so well in the future and it also helps them like if they stay in your company long enough they can lead someone else's probationary period in the future because they've gone through a really good one okay um i hope that was helpful enjoy the rest of your day okay bye